1: This episode of Blue Shirt's Breakaway is not brought to you by Honda, Taco Bell, or Loot Crate. Hmm. Seems like we uh we don't have a sponsor. Well, here we go anyway. Hey, Blue Breakaway fans, welcome to another week of the Blue Shirts Breakaway. I'm your host, Ryan Mead, and I'm here with my just freshly awoken ho- co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, say hello.
2: What's up, buddy?
1: Nothing. You know what? I want to talk a little seductive to you. It's the holiday season. It's 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 the day of love. What are you doing tonight for your your lovely date of Valentine's Day?
2: Uh, The plan is to be in bed by 7. Wow.
1: <laughs> that is hot, Greg. Really, you are getting me all steamy just just telling that to me right now. Oof, man, that's tough.
2: Hey, never said I was going to bed alone, now did I?
1: Oh, oh, I will be. Me and my dog. What's up? Shout out to no, my dog. No, but seriously, items.
2: I'm going. To, I'm going to. I'm going to bed by myself. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> no joke about it. Well, I wish everyone out there a happy Valentine's Day. Uh, some show notes for this show in particular. We're recording this right as the Blue Jackets and Rangers are starting, so I'm going to throw my my take of that in. In the middle of this, Uh, so any takes we have have not been in consideration of the Blue Jackets game. So, say someone gets severely hurt during this game uh, for this first part of the podcast, we will not be mentioning that. But there is a lot of Ranger news to go over, Greg. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of this guy, Henrik Lundqvist. So, he is the fastest goalie to 400 wins and is now 12th all-times overall in wins. Would you say he is now officially returned to form and is now playing at his usual Henrik Lundqvist self?
2: Uh No, I think I need to see two more weeks of it before I can say, oh, Hank's back. Everybody has, I mean, Hank's played great individual games throughout the season. The problem has been kind of the lump sum of his performance. So I think I need a couple more weeks of seeing what Hank can do and how many of these starts Hank can string together before I confidently say he's back. I will say this, if Hank is starting to peak, he's peaking at the right time.
1: Oh, he totally is. I mean this is we're well, there's only twenty seven games or, or twenty six now, uh left in the season. So, you know, the playoffs they're they're approaching pretty quickly. And our division, by the way, still stacked. The Capitals have one game above us and uh we have one game in hand on the Capitals. They have eighty four points right now, Greg. And we have seventy three and we're the wild card. So we're actually only two back uh, on the Penguins, but they also have a game in hand on us, and the game tonight against the Blue Jackets are uh, they are also seventy five points in their game in hand, so that's another important game in the standings but we've talked about this before. I think it would be beneficial for us to stay a wild card team uh at this point in time but you can't you can't just play to stay in the wild card spot that's pretty damn impossible to do
2: well this is just an important stretch for the Rangers I think six of their next eight games are against metropolitan division opponents so this I entire mean, week is definitely it, it, that it's it's, a, it's not an important stretch as in if the Rangers falter in these next eight games, they're going to fall out of the playoff spot, but it's measuring stick time of the season where almost every game will have extra meaning. It's nice that the Rangers have a significant cushion on the second wildcard team, but that doesn't necessarily mean the Rangers should be playing complacent hockey. And I don't think they will. It's just, just throwing that out there in case it needs to be said.
1: They're definitely not playing complac- complacent hockey. Uh... Let's talk about the hottest player on the New York Rangers right now, Michael Grabner. A couple weeks ago on this podcast, I said that Michael Grabner would have 40 goals. And I, you know, I would think that was a, it was a reach at the time, but I believed it. Now I think it's, it's definitely not a reach anymore. And if he continues the pace he's at, which obviously is unsustainable, especially with his shot percentage at this point in time, I still think he's got a chance at 40. Are you, is that crazy still? Are you still going to yell at me?
2: I'm not going to yell at you. I think the interesting Michael Grabner discussion is still there is a significant or at least seemingly significant portion of the fan base and the blogger community that wants the Rangers to trade Grabner while the price is high. This is where I was going So, The report out today is that Tampa Bay Lightning are feeling confident they can get a first-round pick for Brian Boyle which would suggest that if if Brian Boyle is getting a first-round grade in trade talks, Michael Grabner should at least be able to get you a first and a second, or maybe a that seems good like too much. defenseman and a second. Right, but I mean, if the price for Brian Boyle is so fucking high, I don't understand how uh, I, the price for Grabner wouldn't be. But at the same time, I'm still of the opinion – I. I don't see no, – the argument that the Rangers need to trade Grabner to get something for him in case they lose him in the expansion draft is just ridiculous to me. I, Grabner's having a career year. I don't think anyone should expect Grabner to put up these kind of numbers ever again in a full 82-game season. So if Vegas takes Michael Grabner over Jesper Foss over Antti Ranta, over Oscar Lindbergh, even, you know, younger,
1: Holden, by the more
2: long-term younger, more long-term valued assets in the expansion draft. They should. I think I think that's where Grabner's value is. Grabner's value is he's going to be a protection for other players. The Rangers have more long-term value in the expansion draft. I don't think if the Rangers don't trade Grabner and then lose him the expansion draft, I don't see that as a lost asset or not – capitalizing. I mean, of course, if you can get two first round picks for Michael Grabner, there's, Greg, there's, I'm not let me stop you. Stop there's to. no
1: way you'd get two first round picks for Michael Grabner. I know that GM's, then, are, GMs aren't stupid. Like, they've seen him, the only time he's ever scored more than 20 goals again, I don't know this for a fact, I'm sorry, but I, I, don't, I know he's never scored 30 goals since his, his rookie year. So, I mean, he had 11 goals in, in Toronto. There's no way they're going to two firsts for Grabner. It's a rental. Not really a rental, but a, one more year, There's
2: just not happening. I just I don't understand the argument. Like, trading a player because – the theory that you need to trade Grabner because you're afraid of losing him for nothing, are you going to just start trading all of your guys on one-year deals? Like, is the goal to turn every player into an asset? If you're trying to turn every single player – like, I'm not saying this is a Stanley Cup-caliber team the Rangers have right now. But if you're going to trade Grabner, you're at least admitting that you're limiting your potential. As much as I like VC and Grabner, moving Grabner guarantees top nine spots for both VC and Bucnevic, which in the long run is a good thing. It needs to happen. I don't. I just do not see the need to trade Michael Grabner at all. If you can get, if Grabner needs to be part of a deal that brings in a significant defenseman, I'm not going to tell you not to do it because I, I think I think that the Rangers it, yeah. can survive without Michael Grabner. But I'm a, I'm still of the opinion. Holding on to Grabner throughout the season and letting Grabner be the guy you lose in the expansion draft is of value because I just I don't think Michael Grabner is a long-term ranger piece, and you're going to lose someone in the expansion draft. I, I don't see the harm in holding on to a player assuming that he's the guy you're willing to lose in the expansion draft. That's, that in and of itself is value to me, and I don't need to trade Grabner just for the sake of capitalizing on an asset. I think the Rangers are capitalizing on the asset because they're getting a career year from a guy they signed cheap to play originally on their fourth line and as a penalty killer and they're going to turn that into what will be their expansion loss. And they're going to get one great year from Grabner. He's going to go to Vegas. He I have no expectations for him to put up even 20 goals, 25 goals next season for Vegas. And I say the Rangers, that's a win-win every day.
1: And if he does put up 25 goals for Vegas, Ranger fans, you can't be mad. Like, that's fine. Like, I'm glad that he discovered his talent and that he was taken. You know, he's not a long, like Greg just said, he's not a long-term asset for this team. He's incredible this year. That line right now is unstoppable. And that's the Rangers' third line, the the Hayes-Miller. And by the way, JT Miller, just give me a second on him. Has he broken out or what? You know, he wasn't going to make Team America. So, when he did, people were complaining and bitching. He is really developed into a scorer and is a mainstay of this team going forward. You know, I think when we talked about earlier in the season that he would be traded or he should be, he would be the the piece to be traded. I just cannot, I still can't see trading JT Miller. I would trade, I would trade Stepon before I I traded Derek Miller. I have a Derek Miller. Oh, my God. JT Miller. So... He's a, he's, a, he's a part of this team, that, and he's going to be a, a crucial part of this team for years to come, him and Kreider. So I'm not looking to, to lose him anytime soon. But back to Grabner for a second. I, I, you know I'm a man of value, Greg. I love me some value. And you did make a great case there for, for keeping Grabner just for the case so that they take him um, instead of someone else that has value to us like Faust. You know, Foss doesn't have the value that Grabner has to us, but he's still a solid player, and he could be on a on a, on a a low deal that will, you know, fill a spot, and he's valuable to this team. Uh, if you could grab, you know, Lee Stepniak last year grabbed a second and a fourth, and that that draft is arguably stronger, but this draft is arguably deeper uh, than that draft. So if we could grab a first and a third for Grabner, yeah, I'll take it all day. I think I'd rather refill this dead farm system that we have in let me ask you a stupid question. This is dumb. Is, is it a farm system in hockey? Because I'm i or is it just like your your what's it called? What's the term?
2: I I would call it a I think a farm system is a fair term.
1: Okay, so our farm system, you know, we had James on the show a couple weeks ago. It, it's depleted. We have got nothing. So and it's not like we are we're in need of anything because this team is well we are in need of a defenseman, but now we're going to pick a pick a prospect defenseman out of nowhere. Um, and the way we would do that is by trading Michael Grabner for a pick and getting one of these finished defensemen that James mentioned on the show. And if we can get a, a late first or a mid first and some sort of other pick for Grabner, yeah, that would be incredible. Now, who's the team that's going to do it? Who knows? Uh, you know, we're. I don't think any. maybe someone in their division thinks that Grabner would be a good fit on their team. I don't think Grabner would fit any other well anywhere else. He's found chemistry. He's found success in New York. And I don't think this this year, like you said, is going to happen again. But I'm a man of value. I hated that we didn't trade Yandel when he was hot and he was needed. I hate that we didn't do that. And I, I think Grabner right now could catch a pretty penny. And that's something we might need to do, unfortunately. Uh, my other take here is, if that doesn't happen, I'm totally fine. I love watching this team. This team is so much fun. Grab, that line is unstoppable. I, watching Grabner do breakaways, he's, he's literally the, the mascot of this podcast right now. He is the blue shirt breakaway himself. So if we do not trade him and we, and we keep him for the year, I'm not going to be mad either. As as mad as I was when we kept, we did not trade Yandel is more of my point here.
2: Next year, it's going to be important for both Buchnevich and VC to have top nine forward roles. Uh, I think VC struggling this year is making it very easy to keep him on the fourth line, occasionally sprinkle him in the top nine minutes, try and get him going. But, His VC's rookie year was going to be all about improvement and not breakout. His sophomore year is going to be very important and you're going to need to find a top nine role for VC, which again means someone like Michael Grabner will have to leave. And I still think Grabner, as the guy you're willing to lose in the expansion draft, is plenty of value. You're getting, you're getting the literal definition of the top one percentile of Michael Grabner's ability. This is peak Grabner. Grabner, I don't think, will ever be better on any team that he is playing right now. And I understand the desire to want to cash in on that. If you can get a first-round pick, I will not complain. But I, there's just this anger and disappointment almost going around some websites that if the Rangers don't trade Michael Grabner, it's an utter waste of an asset. And I just don't see that. I just... I see the value in allowing Michael Grabner to be the guy you lose in the expansion draft. I think that alone protects the Rangers on fronts for other players that they're not going to be able to protect because of no movement clauses and such that the Rangers are going to need. If we were doing this podcast three months ago, I would have been the first one to be like, Jesus, Vegas wants Nick Holden? By all means, take him. He's garbage. Right. But we now live in a world where Nick Holden is going to be a valuable piece for this Rangers team because Holden's proven he can play adequate to league average to maybe slightly above league average defense. He can be a power, uh, a point defenseman on the power play and he's on a very cheap contract and under team control. And you're not going to be the Rangers because of the contracts they've handed out. will probably not be able to protect Nick Holden. So if the only way you're going to be able to protect Nick Holden is keeping Michael Grabner and dangling him in the expansion draft, I see that almost as equal value as getting a first-round draft pick. Because losing Grabner and keeping a defenseman, to me, is more valuable than getting an extra first-round draft pick and needing yet another defenseman.
1: Right. And Holden's not a free agent until the 2018-19 season when he turns 30. So, you know, the Rangers have him this year and next year, and then he'll probably go either sign, sign elsewhere, but – so that he, is a, he is an asset to this team. You are saying, you know, he. if we do lose Holden, this defense becomes even worse, which is hard to imagine. And also feels weird to say it's, if we lose Holden, it becomes worse.
2: <laughs> so It's one of those things where you have to think about. The Rangers are almost maxed out on the salary cap. They're going to have enough money to re-sign Zabinajad to the contract Zabinajad deserves. And then they're, they're really not going to be able to make – another significant addition. They'll have, means they'll have the money year, to
1: throw at Shattenkirk and that's about it. And he won't come here. Like I, I honestly
2: I honestly don't even know if we will have the enough money to throw at Shattenkirk, depending on what Shattenkirk's gonna go for. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Zavinijad might get a Stepan like contract. There's he's gonna get in the of six Stepon. million.
1: He's gonna get maybe he's gonna which, get, it's more expensive than Derek Stepan.
2: The Rangers, let me put it this way. The Rangers don't have enough salary cap room to give out two five five and a half plus million dollar contracts. And if you want Shattenkirk, it's going to take that kind of money to get him. So you have to look at it from the perspective of if the Rangers hold on to Grabner and lose him in the expansion draft, they at least have the building blocks for what could be a decent defense with the right under the radar savvy additions. If you trade Grabner for a first-round pick, and you lose Holden, and then you have to re-sign Sabinejad. You're basically entering next season with Ryan McDonough, with kind of Mark Stahl and Brady Shea as your only truly capable defenseman. Cut. Kevin Klein will be on the roster, but uh, look, I don't give a fuck how many goals Kevin Klein scored in the last game. He's still uh, the literal definition of human trash when it comes to playing defense this season. And you look, you're probably buying out Dan Girardi and yeah, that you're will almost not free up significant that. cap space. So you really, if you lose Holden, you enter next season with McDonough, with Shea, and with whatever value you can squeeze out of Mark Stahl. And, and Clendenning is, is only signed of, for
1: this year, right? Not that, that we play him. <laughs> we wouldn't play him if right. we had like 500 right. people. So
2: even if, the Rangers, even if the Rangers re-sign Clendenning and I think Clendenning is going to get a... Not a significant raise, but I think someone else will see value in Clendenning, and the Clendenning has no reason to come back to New York.
1: Why would he? They don't, uh, they don't play him.
2: <laughs> so you're basically no, You're starting no the reason. season with three defensemen and not a lot of cap, cap space to bring in anything of significance. So if uh, yeah. holding on to Holden becomes even more important when you realize the Rangers just will not have significant money to make moves next offseason. And if you're not going to have significant money to make moves next off season, you have to hold on to what you have. And sometimes holding on to what you have means just keeping Michael Grabner and letting him be the guy you lose. That's a fair and point. I, I, I just I think there's more value in Michael Grabner staying a ranger to keep Nick Holden than there is in Michael Grabner flipping into a draft pick and potentially losing Holden or Ronta. I'd rather keep Holden and the way not trading Grabner in my mind is basically trading Grabner to Vegas and keeping Holden and Ronta. That's I see that. Like that's the trade-off I'm making.
1: You know, I I I hate agreeing with you, and you know that. This. No, that's because you're a fuckboy. Yeah, definitely. But this is a point I I did not think of, and this is very well thought out. And I want to congratulate you on this take because it's very good. So there you go. Well,
2: you know, every this is why I take naps, bro.
1: Yeah. I don't nap anymore. You know, I just, I just don't nap anymore.
2: All right. uh, I just, I I just, I didn't have a choice today. I, we had a, uh, if, I mean, some of our listeners may live in the Albany area. We had a pretty nasty snowstorm blow through yesterday, uh, morning into the late afternoon. And it was bad enough where, uh, my piece of shit Honda fit was not driving to that. So I had to get a ride from a friend from work. Shout out and to shout out to Honda
1: Fit. I'm also a Honda Fit driver, and Long Island got a snowstorm last Thursday. Except they knew how to plow in Albany, and they do not know how to plow in Long Island whatsoever. So driving to my job was Sunrise Highway, a very popular road in Long Island, uh, was just off roading. It was just a sheet of ice, and my little Honda Fit almost died like nine times. So you
2: got? Do you have? Do you have snow tires on your Honda to Fit too? No question. way.
1: Why would I have snow tires? I live on Long Island. It snows twice a year.
2: Yeah, it's it's the the roads were miraculous this morning. I was expecting the roads to basically be a sheet of ice, and you got a way worse like, snowstorm.
1: And I had a sheet of like it was literally off roading. It felt like I was on the beach
2: with my. But to be it. to be fair, driving home from work yesterday with uh, my friend at about twelve fifteen, the roads were nearly impassable. I think we passed about three cars on the highway that had spun out. Um. Yeah. There, there, it was miserable. The storm, we were supposed to get the storm starting at around 2 in the afternoon and it was supposed to carry into Monday morning. And it, the storm came at like 8 a.m. Surprise. Dumped, dumped about 7 inches on Albany. And it was hey. just terrible. But, That's yeah, kind of so my Honda, Fit, my Honda Fit was not leaving work. Like, I knew if I tried to take that car out of the parking lot, I was going to make it about 50 feet. I was gonna slide through a red light and I was gonna get T boned. So I just drove home with a friend that had four wheel drive and snow tires. <laughs> and a truck. But that also <laughs> And a
1: a real American well,
2: but but it I also realized it meant, you know, I had to go to work when she needed to go to work and she needed to be at work at two thirty in the morning. So yeah, oh, it was a oh. very it was a very long day for the kids. Who
1: kid. goes to work at two thirty in the
2: morning? She like <laughs> <Hey> man, <laughs> that's you gotta the the morning shift for our production crews 3 a.m. the midnight. Yeah, um, at 3 a.m. the noon. So, all right. And they wanted to start production a half hour early, so she had to get there at 2:30. You so, gotta do what
1: you gotta do. I do I
2: needed. Fair, fair being fair, I would have had to go in at 4:30. So it's not like I would have had so much sleep anyway. But yeah, uh, still, still not great. Not great I, at all.
1: I, so the Rangers right now have back to this talk. You know, back to Rangers for now. Uh, the Rangers right now are on a five game win streak. The teams we beat—the Anaheim Ducks, the Predators, the Avalanche—it's teams I all I all felt like we should have beaten, even though I mean the Ducks right now. Where are they? The Ducks right now are—they have 68 points. They're a good team. They're contending in the Pacific Division. The Predators are have been coming, fighting back into their into a playoff spot. But these are teams I felt like we handled. Now we we look forward to the Metro Week. Uh, am I spoiled because we've won five in a row? And I felt I feel like this team is is finally like hitting its stride. Are we hitting a stride, or am I just spoiled? Because, or am I just like delusional because these teams are just worse than us?
2: Um, I think it's a little column A, a little column B. I think the quality of opponent the Rangers have been playing has allowed them to get into a groove, but they're also playing opponent like you're right. They're playing opponents they should beat.
0: All right, full, full um, It's encouraging.
2: It's en- it's encouraging that they're beating them. Like it would be a problem if the Rangers had lost to the Avalanche.
1: Oh, okay. I'm I'm literally making noises because all right. Full disclosure: I was drunk when I was watching the Avalanche game. Spoiler, uh, I just looked at their I, as a as a bad podcast host. I just looked at all their stats now. This is incredible. Do you know how many points the Avalanche have this season?
2: <laughs> it's, they're they're atrocious. It's,
1: the, you they to, are do you to take a guess? atrocious.
2: Do you know? Uh, I I'd, I'd be surprised if it's above fifty five.
1: It's, it's above 55, my friend. Very generous. They have 32 points on the season. Let's play guess their goal differential. Oh, my God.
2: Uh, I'd be surprised if it's above minus 35.
1: It's minus 74, Greg. Oh, my God. <laughs> Boy,
2: they're, they're bad, sc- dude. They, they are a I'm train wreck. Sc- and uh, it makes you think maybe maybe Patrick Waugh knew something in the preseason. It was just like, fuck this.
1: I am out. Oh my God! I'm sorry, Colorado, Bad. but I'm gonna play a game also, and I'm gonna have you talk for this. I'm gonna to go to StubHub right now, okay? I'm gonna look at an uh-huh. Avalanche game, and I want to see how much it costs to sit front row, Avalanche.
2: And that, uh, I'm I'm sticking I'm sticking with thirty five dollars. Thirty five is the number today.
1: I'm gonna to go to fifteen. All right, so this is the Colorado Oh, we're we're at so the Tampa Bay Lightning at Colorado Avalanche, <laughs> February nineteenth. To sit center ice in section 124. Oh, it's still $99. Who's paying that? Who's paying $99? Tampa Bay Lightning fans in Colorado? Oh, my God. You can go to the uh, game for no. like $10, but you sit in the nosebleeds. That's crazy.
2: It's uh, the I will say this, though. The Avalanche would be foolish. They would be getting 20 cents on the dollar if they tried to trade Matthew Shane right now. And if they want to trade Matthew Shane for 20 cents on the dollar, I have no idea how he'd fit on the Rangers, but, come, but they should be in the market. But
1: Come on over. Yeah, I understand.
2: Duchesne, Duchesne in the right system is still going to be a great player. And, but it's not his fault that he's just trapped on this abysmal, disgusting avalanche team. Hey, did you see who else was uh, rumored to be on the trading block?
1: I, I, I probably did, but inform me, my friend.
2: Our good friend Anthony Duclair.
1: Oh, selling low, selling really they, low. They,
2: they, they, the the Coyotes would also be selling about thirty cents on the dollar.
1: Yes, they would. Uh, I think I'm not sure what they could get for Duclair. Obviously, his value is has dropped significantly. And if I've learned anything from, I mean, of, trade
2: trade values in the NHL, at, at so deadline weird. Are, like, are going to be so weird just so because weird. everyone needs to keep the expansion draft in the back of the mind. If the Lightning could seriously get a first-round pick for Brian Boyle, I don't know how to appropriately evaluate other NHL players. I
1: know, like, I'm, I I host a hockey podcast, but I just don't understand the trade market. Like, I get baseball. I get basketball. I don't understand the trade market of the NHL. I just can't grasp it.
2: Here's the way, the way I – I mean, defensemen are ridiculously overvalued. We've well, talked part. about that all year. Uh, yeah. So – you have to go into, like, I, I've, I've come to terms with that. I, I don't understand how, and again, do not get me wrong. Love Brian Boyle in New York. Love him. I think Love he's, that dude. he's an incredibly, incredibly underrated player for what he does. And but great I locker still room still don't guy. think. Can't forget that. I still don't think, you know, you should be able to get a first-round pick one. But at the same time, I would have said last year, you shouldn't have been able to get a second and a fourth for Lee Stempniak.
1: That's crazy. who the
2: Devils literally signed off the scrappy. Yeah, and the Rangers also signed off the scrap heap. Like Lee Stempniak is available every summer. He's available and he's right now. By the way, for a want... million dollars or less. Yeah, and yet he gets insane trade value. I, I don't know. Like I, I'm with you. I know how basketball trade values work. Even though I'm not the biggest NBA fan in the world. I perfectly understand how baseball values players. I, even on, I, I also understand that the NFL does not value anything. No, there's no so trades in the NFL. That always they makes sense. But NHL trades are just, they're weird. I just don't. I, they're, they're impossible to forecast in my mind.
1: It's, it's very hard. And uh, I just want to take this moment to say I hate Eric Stahl. That's it. I just really hate Eric Stahl to know.
2: I, I see I still I still do not blame Eric Stahl. That was a bad trade from the jump for the Rangers because Stahl was not gonna fit the system and Stahl was not the player they needed.
1: That's fine. They just, needed
2: they needed a defenseman last year too.
1: I hate the So the fact that they I, went yeah, out we Eric that Stahl the never
2: made any sense.
1: I just hate how good he it is. Make now. Any sense. It doesn't make any sense. I it's it, i know he oh, not no, fit it here. makes
2: perfect sense. He's a supremely talented player playing in the perfect system. Uh, so but so he, of course he's gonna put up numbers for the wild. Eric Stahl was an imperfect fit and a bad trade. It was a bad trade. I, I tried my hardest to convince myself that it was a decent trade. Me too. I was like, value. I kind of like it.
1: It could be good, you know?
2: No, it, it, ne- it never made sense. The knees the Rangers had last year was not Eric Stahl. It was God a defender, it. and it still is a defender. And now it's harder to trade for a defender because of the assets you traded of the value. Exactly. for Eric Stahl. Exactly. Fuck.
1: All right. I'm, I'm, now I'm just angry. Let's move on. I just want to talk one more MSG topic. Uh, So the Knicks haven't been in the best shape lately. How is it that the Rangers remain unaffected?
2: James Dolan, for whatever reason, doesn't touch the Rangers. He's hands-on fully involved with the Knicks, but he kind of lets smart hockey people run the Rangers. And I, I honestly think a big reason why the Rangers have been much more successful than the Knicks is because James Dolan just lets the Rangers front office do whatever the fuck they want. For whatever reason, James Dolan thinks, and I think it's, it's not necessarily unfair because I think the NBA is a more valuable asset than the NHL.
1: Oh, that's not even, that that's not a think that, that is. It's true.
2: Yeah. I mean, I mean, I know like, do not get me wrong. I'm a bigger Ranger fan than the Knicks fan. And I bristle at the idea that, you know, People undervalue the Rangers because, you know, the Knicks have been shit for so long. But if the Knicks, just imagine if the Knicks were on the type of run that the Rangers were and making the playoffs consistently. New York City would be bumping, Greg. It would be incredible. The Rangers, I mean, the Knicks are an abomination. And if Dolan wanted to sell the Knicks, he'd get at least $2 billion. For More. Them.
1: They're the second or first most valuable asset in, in the NBA, which is insane.
2: Yeah. I think you don't start the conversation until you get to like $2 billion. Yeah,
1: Yeah. There's no way.
2: It is. It's, and that's just the way the league is valued, the league is marketed. So the fact that Dolan should, Dolan should look at how successful the Rangers are and just be that hands-off. That's with it. the with the Knicks, but I I don't think, I just don't think he could, I, I don't think he's got the ego to just check it at home. So he's gonna stay, he's gonna stay hands on. And ah, look, the Knicks are a mess. They've always been a mess. Right. I can't think of the there's, last time in my life but the Knicks Greg, there's weren't a mess. One
1: shining light. It's a shining unicorn of light. Kristaps Porzingis. Yeah, it's
2: no, it's Mendugas Kuzminskis, bro. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I can't even say that
2: name. I fucking uh, love that guy.
1: Chris Porzingis needs to be, I know we don't talk in, in NBA on this, but I'm going to go for a second. I'm a Spurs guy, full out, just being honest with everyone. But I love Chris Dapps, and I, I'm a I'm a betrayed Knicks fan as a kid. Like, I decided I'm not going to put myself through this when I was a child growing up, and I went over to the Spurs because they were boring and they like stats like I do. And I just went with it, stuck with it. it was Obviously, I had a great time. And I'm a fair weather NBA fan, let's be totally clear. If the Knicks were good and Kristaps Porzingis became what I hope he becomes, New York City would revolve around him. He would run <laughs> New York City very easily. So I just I only hope in the next two years they just spend I know the Knicks have had plenty of down years. It's just time they have a pick this year. It's just time to get everyone out and just let Kristaps Christaps develop. Let him become a star. Let I don't I don't even want to compare him to Dirk. Just let him become his own, let him become an, a great NBA player and your future superstar. Let him go to the playoffs, let let us get excited for that and let him run the team. Like it should only be Kristaps Porzingis. He should be taking every shot in the last 6 minutes. I don't care like why would you ever want to win a game? Just get Kristaps shots and touches. Get him reps every the game. Problem,
2: the problem The problem with the Knicks is Carmelo Anthony. The best thing for them to do is to trade him. But you gave him a full no-trade clause. One so two. you're not going to trade him to a team like the Wolves or a team like the Blazers or someone that would give up actual assets to acquire him. Melo is only going to accept a trade from teams that are on the brink of a championship. And teams that are on the brink of a championship are not going to trade anything of significance to get Carmelo Anthony. So you're, you're kind of just... You're just
1: giving him a You're just stuck.
2: You're just stuck, yeah. Either you give him away just to clear the salary, but but I think that's worth is Charles, it. This
1: Charles, like I know Carmelo. I, is I don't Carmelo. think
2: it is because what with James Dolan in charge, what free agent's going to come to New York? I mean, it's an honest it's an honest question to ask. No, you're right. You're right. The, the Knicks the Knicks are getting such bad press from the league in regard to this Charles Oakley thing. And I think the, the word has always been out that James Dolan is not exactly the most ideal person to play for. And Phil Jackson is not doing himself any favors throwing Mello under the bus every three, every four days with, you know, cryptic fucking tweets. What, what star free agent is legitimately going to want to come to New York to play for the Knicks? Who's going to want to do it? I love Chris Papps. I don't think Chris Stapps leaves because I think you can just pay him out. But if the Knicks want to build the winner, I think the Knicks have to do it through the draft. And the only way to do it through the draft is to get more draft picks. And you're,
0: right. you're
2: not going to get a significant first-round draft pick because you gave Carmelo Anthony a full no-trade call. No, you're not. You're right. Like, the Celtics, the Celtics, they realize the Celtics are in the perfect position. The Celtics have a great team as is, and they're going to get the first-round draft pick this year. <laughs> they're going to get so the, the number Celtics, one, by the way. They might get they the number can, one. They can. They can just roll the dice this year and see what happens. They probably don't have a good enough team to beat the Cavaliers in a seven game series, but they have a good enough team to just see what happens and see if you get lucky. So they don't need to go out and trade their ridiculous amount of assets to get Carmelo Anthony. And if, if they don't need to do it, what the Cavs are not going to offer anything. They're not going to trade Kevin Love.
1: They've already said, like uh, I know that I Kev, that Kevin Love rumor is, is crap, by the way. That's so made up, by the
2: team. To media. go one to go one step further, why the fuck do the Knicks want Kevin Love? Right? How would Kevin Love fit on this team? Yeah. Kevin Love is too like. I just it doesn't make sense. Kevin Love is basically everything. Christoph's, everything you want Kristaps Porzingis to be. And Chris Adams-Porzingis Chris could be more. It could be more, Kevin way Love. more
1: than Kevin Love. It's
2: just it, it, That pairing wouldn't make sense from a team-building standpoint. What the Knicks need is a point guard. And you're not, like, one, there is no point guard available that you would be able to get for Carmelo Anthony. And two, you're not going to get a high enough first-round draft pick to take a future point guard yourself. So you're just kind of stuck. And... It
1: like the, uh, it it's really want, you bought him out and you hope you get top three and you hope you hit. That's it. That's where you, you're at.
2: You trade Derek, you trade Derek Rose. Yep. Uh, for whatever you can get for him.
1: And maybe Courtney you, Lee, if you can
2: move him, who knows? You you take Joe Noah out to pasture. Oh dude. And you just leave him.
1: I, you I leave him there. The day they signed that contract, I just, I, I just shook my head for all my Knicks friends, which is a lot, by the way, that, that, how do you not see that's a bad contract? And you gave him the fourth year. At three years, you can live. Yeah, That's fine. Three years, I get it. Like, you're still, you're trying to do this weird transition period. No,
2: I, I, I honestly, I think. I can uh, I'm just saying that. You, I, I can't even. I don't know. I don't. Know, give I don't I, you give him one year just because in the NBA, expiring contracts but you are can, just inherently You can give Jokey
1: Noah two years and be like, maybe we can get something out of him. Four years? My whole college career was Four years? How, how would you I do just, that? I
2: don't... I really don't know what the... Again, I there we know people that are just smarter NBA guys than us. Ways. I just don't know how you could have looked at Joe Kim Noah and thought that he was going to be an upgrade of any well, kind over how could Robin you take Lopez. the
1: good team of the... Like, the, the good 2009 Bulls. I don't know. Was it like the 2010 Bulls with Derek and and Kim? But... Whenever Derek came into the league and he was a rookie and he was on that team, and the next year after that, like you're like, okay, let's let's run this back, but with Carmelo, but six years too late, it just doesn't make sense. Like everyone's hurt, no one can play anymore, everyone's old now, so let's try and run it again. Hope we can compete in the Eastern Conference. Doesn't make any sense. Makes no sense.
2: It, I just Robin, I, I just I still don't understand. I I think Robin Lopez right now is just better than Joe. Kimmola.
1: I totally agree? And by the way, I like if, Robin if the whole reason, Lopez.
2: Like as a person, if the whole reason for trading if the whole reason for trading Robin Lopez was well, we didn't want to be committed to Lopez for the amount of years we gave him i i you don't go out and give four years to Noah, especially, I don't think anyone thought um Hernan Gomez was gonna be anything good as good as he has been, yeah well no, I think people thought he was going to be good, like I think people thought he was going to be a rotational... Well, it's, it's really hard to find, piece to and a to big find man. value
1: in the second round, you know, and that's what they did,
2: yeah, but you know, I, I I don't know if Hernan Gomez is a NBA starting center moving forward, but I'll tell you what, the Knicks sure do look a lot more dynamic when you have a combination of Hernan Gomez and Kyle O'Quinn tandem with Chris Porzingis than they ever had this year with Joe Canoam. Well, I
1: like the O'Quinn signing. I, I mean, the trade that they made last year for O'Quinn, I thought that was a pretty good trade. And, and...
2: O'Quinn's, O'Quinn's, been, O'Quinn's been great. He's young. And... He's the type of player you want to pair I mean, inside with Porzingis. He's a
1: Zach Lowe favorite, and any, I'm, a, I'm a Zach Lowe purist. So whenever Zach says, goes for me. That's where I'm at. And Zach says Zach Lowe says I shouldn't talk about the Knicks anymore. So I think that's what we're gonna do.
2: Yeah, my only my 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 parting thought is I think Hernan Gomez and O'Quinn are the perfect tandem inside to pair with Porzingis. Uh, so the fact that Jokic is going to be a Nick until. 2075 that's it's
1: insane be a like, why would you do like now you're just stuck in the salary cap paying this guy a ton of money who's not gonna play for you like that is just it doesn't make doesn't sense. make
2: any sense
1: i know we're gonna do but the hey,
2: same uh the rangers huh? i was about to say They're we're gonna going do the
1: exact good. same thing with dan Girardi. so oh jeez. yeah right.
2: it sucks what are you, you gonna
1: do it does suck and and one more th- one, one more thing it's not dan's fault man like it's not his fault
2: it's not that look Dan Girardi. It's not his fault for signing that contract. Anyone should have signed that contract. I signed I that the contract Rangers tomorrow. fault for good for Dan. The Rangers. The Rangers gave him a bad contract. Like that's on the front office. It's not on Dan Girardi. No. If I, Dan Girardi was making one million dollars this year, I'd have. I'd still have a problem. With the Rangers playing him every night.
1: Absolutely. My problem with Dan and,
2: Girardi is only exacerbated by the fact that they gave him a ridiculous contract.
1: Yeah, and I just want to say this, because I know we talk a lot of crap about Dan Girardi. Do not hate Dan Girardi as a person. Respect the hell out of him for what he gave this team over oh, these years, those good runs. Love him as a player when he was good. Seems like a great guy. Just just the I'm glad he made this money. I'm just unhappy that it's gonna hurt me as a fan. That's all. That's all. So no hard feelings, Dan. He's,
2: he's also he's also got some just dreamy blue eyes, and his chin is so crazy. First.
1: Like I feel like I break my yeah. my fist on his chin so easily. Like doesn't matter.
2: Dan Girardi is a beautiful human being. It's really that simple. The problem with Dan Girardi is can't play hockey. He's not really. Yeah, he's not really a <laughs> hockey player anymore. Right.
1: Yeah. Totally agree. Let's move on to the uh, the upcoming schedule real quick, and then we'll move on to our nonsense rundown and we'll end this mofo. Uh, we have the only two games this week before you hear from us again. We have the Islanders game on Thursday, which will be in Brooklyn at the Barclays, the best place to watch hockey till 2018 when they're gone. Uh, unless they buy them out. It could be sooner, I guess. Which is by the uh, – so for this yes. national – go on. What were you going to
2: say? I well, You know what I might do? I might actually come down to the city for that game.
1: Thursday? Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Let's talk. We'll see. Uh, I might be around. Who knows? Yeah, we'll, uh, yeah. I think
2: the tickets, Barclay tickets, are pretty cheap. No, and, it's in the uh, same town as the Ranger I, games, uh, and
1: they're not. They're not cheap anymore when the Rangers are playing. So. We'll see. We'll see. I'll let you know. So uh, the national holiday that day is National Almond Day, Greg. National Almond Joy Day, possibly. Well, almonds are a joy. I know you hate almonds. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, that is correct. We're going to play a, a fun
1: game called How Many Gallons of Water Does It Take to Make a Pound of Almonds? Take your guess. Over-under. Like I'm not even going to give you an over-under. <laughs>
2: uh, sticking, sticking sticking, with 35.
1: That's crazy. It's so much higher. I'll give you an over-under, okay? The over-under right. is 1,800 gallons of water. Pound of almond. Oil.
2: Oh, I'm, gonna go oh, o- I'm going over just because you made it sound so ridiculous.
1: You're correct. It's 1,929 gallons of water to make a pound of almonds. That does not seem... 1929,
2: that was a good year. That was a good year.
1: Great year for, for everyone. Uh, the Rangers were around. Oh, uh, here's a fun fact. Do you know the Rangers got their name? Because I looked this up this weekend. I'm surprised I didn't know how yeah, it the,
2: one of Yeah, one of their, I think their original team owner was a famous Texas Ranger, or like yeah. people called his, him a Texas Ranger. Yeah, his name was Tex, and he, was,
1: and he named it, them the Rangers. Yeah. So they're Texas Rangers. <laughs> Great.
2: Yep. Great, great. Yep, that, that that is how the Rangers got their name on
1: it. I did not know that till this week. I feel ashamed. Uh and I also found that the you yeah, Bo- no, should. Yeah, I know. I'm just admitting it. And the Boston Bruins, the Bruins is actually a mystical fake animal. Did not know that either. Anyway.
2: Uh I also knew that. That's why um the like the UCLA Bruin is like some weird bear like creature.
1: Right, which is kinda cool, except it's you know, Boston and California. Uh, so that's National Almond Day on Thursday, and then we have International Tug-of-War Day for the Capitals game on Sunday. An afternoon Uh, game, too, so that'll be fun. I
2: gotta, I I still to this day do not understand why tug-of-war is not an Olympic sport.
1: I also don't, did you... Do tug-of-war at, like, field day in school? Was it ever fun? I never yeah. had a good time. <laughs> I
0: was, never,
1: I was um, never like, this is good. Because you're always stuck with some yeah. kid that's like, I, first of all, you're probably stuck with me, and I was weak at that point in time in my life, and I'm sorry. Or we're, you're stuck with kids are, that are even weaker than you. Was
2: it? The difference between, Oh wait a second. I am no weakling, bro. You? Uh, <laughs> well, you, I, uh, you were killing it. No, tug-of-war... Well, dude, I played sports in high school, man. I think you're underestimating my strength. Um,
1: No, Greg, this may come to a surprise for you. you, I also played sports.
2: No, bro. Bro, you ran. (laughs) Running is not a sport. Okay. Running is a hobby. I did run. All right. Running Um, is a hobby. Running is not a sport. Um, of Tug of War got super competitive at summer camp during Color War. It was like the seminal event.
1: I feel like we talked about Tug of because War being was, in the Olympics before on this podcast. I'm just having this flashback. I think we've done this.
2: <laughs> we probably did. Tug, the Tug of War we did at summer camp is like, so there would be a circular ring in the center and it would actually be four teams pulling on this ring at the same time. So it was it was.
1: I like the four-team aspect of, of Tug of War. That makes it way more interesting than the two teams. Because one team is always yeah, is like, always going to win. You always have like the strength on the one side.
2: Right, and there's when it's when it's four teams each going for themselves, there's kind of a strategy behind it. You kind of try yeah. and let two teams, and you gas can play other teams. Out early.
1: Yeah, you can play the other people. That's great. I like that. I'm in on that game. Yeah.
2: There's tug, tug of War, Tug of War got super competitive. That that's really all I will say about that. And you always wanted to have the kid, uh, borderline obese just as your anchor. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> On the end of the, the borderline
1: kid, the, <laughs> the borderline obese kid. Well, the, the kid
2: you wanted, yeah, you wanted the kid that's like you couldn't tell if he was fat or, or, or just like just really
1: strong, but he was like hiding it.
2: Yeah, or just yeah, just beefy. Yeah, like you wanted you wanted the kid that you knew for sure had enough energy to play offensive line, but didn't have enough energy to run for
1: more than five more than minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you totally. All right, uh, the Blue Jackets game is still going on right now, so I'm going to insert my reaction when Greg is sleeping right here. I love how I crap on Dan Girardi and then tell him I love him, and then he shoots a shorthanded goal to put the Rangers back in that game. Now, I think the real story of this game versus the Blue Jackets tonight is Antiranta. Obviously, Jimmy VC had a crucial part, you know, getting a nice goal at the end there, which was a pretty sweet move. And Kevin Hayes? All right. How do I phrase this? Kevin Hayes looks like an entirely different player. I don't even know who that guy is anymore. He makes an incredible turnover, has total control of the puck the entire way to the net, and sticks it in the five hole like it, like it was this plan the whole time. Guy was money. Jimmy Vesey breaks his skid. He kind of seems like he's getting back to life, but Antti Ronce has played two games since December 29th. You know, the 6-4 loss against Columbus Blue Jackets on January 31st. And the, I believe we played Montreal on the January Fourteenth, which we also lost. the guy looked electric tonight. Just went out there, played Stonewall hockey, and beat a team that is now five hundred in the last month of hockey, and we're tied with in the standings. You know, it always feels court good. It always feels good. It always feels good to beat Tortorella. Uh, you know, even though I respect the guy and I respect what he did for this Rangers organization, it always feels good to get back at your old ex. So, uh, sorry, Torts, but we'll take another win against you even though you uh, got the last one. This game, this is the longest winning streak for the Rangers this year. This is a team I, I just love. I love watching this team. It seems like every night, well, first of all, Michael Rabner just puts on a show every night. I know we talked about him a lot on this podcast, but you can see the effect he has on the ice. You know, He won a faceoff and just took it straight, to straight to the net for a hooking call. Guy's incredible right now. He's never going to play better hockey than this. I know we said that all podcasts, but he really isn't. Dude is electric. This team right now has different stars every night. You know, we can have JT Miller. We can have Kevin Hayes, Chris Kreider, Ante Ranta tonight. Henrik Lundqvist has been a star lately. The defense, well, doesn't really provide many star sections there. I mean, Kevin Klein had a good goals game. Not a really good defenseman. Dan Girardi... Gets a star tonight. Wow, that's incredible! And Jimmy Vc, is he finally back? Is Jimmy Vc back? Can we rely on him for goals? Is he going to start generating offense and breaking his slump? Well, also, where will we fit him? Is he going to go in the top nine? Where's Bushnevich going? You know, so we have a lot of questions with this team, and the questions are good. Man, we have a great offense. Well, we're be putting it all together right now. The more I think about it the more I love this team. And I know I said I would want to trade Grabner earlier on the podcast, but the more I watch him, the tougher it gets. It's going to be tough to part with him. And Greg makes a good point about the expansion draft. So we're on a six-game winning streak. You know, I feel very good about this team. Do I think we're a cup contender? I'm still on the edge there. Even if we still beat the teams we're supposed to beat, and we're beating teams that we should compete with. Teams within our... This next two weeks... Facing the Metro will be a nice test for us. You know, the Islanders are, are coming back into the standings right now. I believe they're 9-2-2 in their last 13. So, of course, we'll face the Islanders when they're hot after they fire their coach who lived in their their president's basement or owner's basement, whichever it was. So, we'll see how that goes. I'm excited for that game. And uh, let's get back to the nonsense with me and Greg. And that was my reaction for the Blue, Sh- uh, the Blue Jackets game. Hope we did well uh or i or we lost terribly and i was crying about it all right let's move on to our nonsense rundown if you came here for rangers talk we are breaking away and we're moving on to our nonsense section of the podcast we will see you next week thanks for coming love you all greg i saw that this week you went to taco bell is that true
2: sure did uh i went to taco bell before the nxt albany show
1: all right well before we talk about wrestling because we are definitely getting to that I need to I need to have your review. Did you have the naked chicken chalupa? The chicken is the shell, my friend. I did. Do you I I need your opinion because it's really important to me.
2: <laughs> it was fine. What? It is that? not something I'm going to It's not something I'm going to go out of my way to eat again though. Okay. That's crazy. I did you again, It was I did, did I enjoy it? Yeah. Did okay. I have more than one? Yeah. <laughs> but oh, you too am great. I am I dying to go back to Taco Bell to have another? No. Okay. I'm that's really not. that's I'll fair. Be, I'll be fine without it.
1: I'm just happy you went and, and experienced it and became, you know, just had that moment so we could share it together. Even if you didn't enjoy it the way I wanted you to. That's all.
2: I just uh I I I I don't know. It like it was fine. Like if you came over right now with, you know, two naked chicken tacos for me, I would eat them. Right. But if you were like, hey, man, I'm on my way over. I'm going to pick us up some food. What do you want? I think – I don't think it's in the top you wouldn't, five.
1: You wouldn't want Mexican I'd food, you almonds, uh, any tar- any sort of uh, – what is the – No, I, I, if,
2: look, if you said if you said, I'm coming over and bringing food, it has to be Mexican. What do you want? I'd still ask you to go to Moe's. Okay. I wouldn't – like go Taco Bell Mo's. would not be the place I asked you to go.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Okay, fine. I'm just glad you experienced it. I, I, I'm glad you didn't hate it. Is more of what I'm saying.
2: I expanded, I expanded my palate.
1: I'm really glad. I just wanted, my mission on this podcast is to expand Greg's palate. That's all I really want to do. Yeah. Expand your palate. But
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, my, my scorching hot take on it is, it was fine. It's just, <laughs> you know, there's, I don't know. Uh, it, it's just fine. But I also, I think part of it is, you hype this thing up so much that- Because it deserves
1: the hype, Greg. I still I, feel well, that.
2: I way. know, man. Like, if this thing—if this thing wasn't the most perfect thing in the world, I—I I think it was going to be underwhelming.
1: It's the single that's best I mean Taco be. Bell item, and it's not close. The Crunchwrap Supreme comes in comes in second. Just throwing that out. There. Okay, but
2: calling it the single best Taco Bell item—I don't know if that's necessarily high praise. Uh,
1: it is. It is. Taco Bell now reportedly and... the the healthiest fast food na- uh, chain in the country. Just so you know.
2: With how I felt after eating those naked <laughs> chicken tacos, I, I disagree.
1: <laughs> I feel the same way, but it's still the best item at Taco Bell. Uh, we already talked about the snowstorm. Did you care at all about the Westbrook and Durant feud?
2: No. Okay. Uh, no. I, I, but I, you know, I'm weird with the I, – I, I don't care for the NBA. I, I, watch, I watch during the playoffs, and that's kind of it.
1: I felt I can, like a lot of it was manufactured, and it was a very hostile environment. The game was a blowout, but it was the the most fun blowout because both teams were obviously pissed off. I really enjoyed that Steph Curry and Draymond wore Cupcake Sharks afterwards. I was all in on that.
2: I will I will say this. I think Thunder fans are way too butthurt about Kevin Durant leaving.
1: Yeah, and it makes it worse for me because not, I listen to They're just the Bill sorry, I'm gonna interrupt you. The, the, I listened to the Bill Simmons podcast where he interviews Durant, and Durant is probably getting a little tipsy during this interview, and he just, like, lays it all out. I've never heard a more personal sports figure podcast in my entire life. Durant seems like the most down-to-earth real dude. He even says a quote during the podcast. It's like, who's the alpha on this team? Dude, who the fuck cares who the alpha on this team is? I'm, I'm paraphrasing there, but that's really what he, like, he seems like he just loves basketball and hanging out and being with cool people, and it really humanized Kevin Durant for me, who I, I like, was always a fan of. But, it, you know, the leaving the leaving the OKC thing, obviously it's hard to like to go to a super team like the Warriors. But I really understood his perspective afterward. He was like, you know, Bill Simmons pretty much asked him, why, why'd why you go to the Warriors? He was like, to be honest, I really like hanging out with Steph, Clay, and Draymond. They're my boys. And I was like, that's awesome. Like, of course I want to play with my friends if I could. Uh, so the fact that, that all of the people in OKC were so butthurt about this... And when he was, like, a real guy to them, like, they could come up and talk to him. Like, everyone, like, he wasn't, like, a superstar. Everyone was like, oh, it's Kevin. What's up, Kevin? You're part of, like, you're part of your family. Like, he, he even said in the podcast, like, you guys are still my family. I'm just playing somewhere else now. That's all. It's not a big deal. It's sports.
0: So
2: Thunder fans need to take three giant step backwards and realize two things. One, without Kevin Durant, they would have been a perennial six or seven seed in the West and would have never sniffed an NBA conference final. They would have, the fact that Durant took helped take the thunder to an NBA finals in an era in which we have LeBron James at the peak of his powers uh, in the Eastern Conference, and the San Antonio Spurs being probably the second most well-oiled machine in, in
1: sports. professional
2: sports, yep. behind only the New England Patriots. Uh, is ridiculous. The fact that Kevin Durant got within a game of winning the NBA finals with the Oklahoma City Thunder, of course, it wasn't just Durant. I don't want to make it sound like Durant's the only reason, but I would say Durant was the alpha of that team and the leader of that team. And the fact that he got them within a win of an NBA championship against LeBron James and over the San Antonio Spurs is incredible. And I think Thunder fans need to realize that. And two, if Thunder fans are so fucking angry, that Durant left to chase the ring, you have to be angry at Sam Presti for trading James Harden. Yeah. They probably would have won a ring if they had a trio of uh, Durant, they, Harden, they, and Westbrook. They probably
1: would have won more than one. I'm just going to say that. Those three guys I don't, developing I don't, I don't, together. I don't,
2: know, I don't know about that because still, you the know. Because bron- the bronze the, are war- Warriors. <laughs> yeah, and the Warriors were, were still going to be the Warriors. But yeah, if you fair. want to be butthurt about something, it's hard. you can't you got, you got to be angry about the Harden trade. Right. And, and look, I know how awesome Stephen Adams has turned out to be. And in hindsight, the trade does not seem nearly as lopsided as it seems. But still, James still Harden lopsided. is one of the five best players in the NBA. If yeah. you had James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Russell Westbrook all on the same team, I, that's, I, I don't know how that team doesn't go to the Western Conference Finals twice. And I also, if James Harden is on the Thunder... I don't know how Kevin Durant leaves. so, you know, I I just, I think, and I think they will get to a point where they're appreciative of Durant, but to be this butthurt that Durant left, I I just don't think it, like,
1: dude gave you, dude gave you nine years of his life, kicked ass in your small town, made your, made you, what, go ahead,
2: gun to your head, gun to your head, dude. Where would you rather live, Oklahoma City or the Bay Area? Home, Greg, I don't know.
1: <laughs> like, I, think, right. I think if I didn't live in New York, right next to New York City, that would probably be up there on my like places to live list, probably top five, to be honest.
2: Ooh, interesting. Ooh, I got, a, I got an interesting question for so you to spin I'm off so this one. Uh, which, national, which natural disaster would you feel more comfortable trying to live through, a tornado or an earthquake? Earthquake.
1: Wait, how close? You think? Mm, that was my gut reaction.
2: Mm. My gut reaction said, uh, it, "I think it's. I think I, it's." Mm, Tornadoes I would, come uh, so quick, I, I man. They really
1: just come through and rip everything up.
2: So yeah, but earth. I mean, earthquakes can also bring down the uh, See, I think I it's want to say earthquake because I feel like you can build and building to well, like survive an earthquake. When if there the is no building you can build to survive a tornado.
1: When the big one comes, it's over. Like
2: you're playing the Right, but I feel I feel like anything like anything over an EF three tornado, you're just fucked. You're just screwed. Yeah, I'm gonna go with earthquake. And like, a, it, the, the, like a three, a three 4, three four five like an EF five tornado, just like you're done, dude. You might as well just like <laughs> run in, run in the middle of the thing. You're dead. Like yeah. it, it doesn't matter.
1: I uh, yeah, and I would take the risk to live in the Bay Area. Cause it's, it seems I've never been over there, but it seems pretty awesome. And I have a feeling they're, they have a uh, great time, so.
2: Yeah. I don't know though. I've seen San Andreas. That doesn't seem fun. Mm, that's true.
1: I only saw it in a video game if, one, Alexander, so.
2: if Alexander Daddario was living in the Bay Area, we're all good. Up every day.
1: All right. Every so, day.
2: Yeah, every day.
1: Okay. see, so Durant gave you nine years of his life. He kicked ass. He put you on the map. He made you popular. He made people care about your city and travel there. You, you still have Russell Westbrook, so I wouldn't. It can't be that. Yeah, bad. I
2: just. If I, if, I get if more, Russell Westbrook went to I LA, I get why you'd be her. upset.
1: But you still have a star, and you're still yeah. going to be in contention for years. So congratulations.
2: But here's the th- here's but it's just like, wow, we've all we've probably been podcasting what 45 minutes. I haven't brought up the Mets yet. No, if, wow,
1: this is a record. Seriously, no this is.
2: is. If Johannes Cespedes left the Mets as a free agent this offseason, I would not be angry at Johannes Cespedes. I would have been, one, grateful that he made the Mets as relevant as he did for the one and a half years he was there. And two, my anger would have been at the front office and not Cespedes.
1: Yeah, but Cespedes, like, 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 Cespedes have... doesn't have a home in the Mets like Durant. Durant was OKC. He was the entire city.
2: So I like, I, I get that. Like, Cespedes hasn't been a Mets for nine years. But like, I wasn't but hurt when Jose Reyes left, and I'd say I grew. Like, four my formative years of my Met fan life were spent with Jose Reyes. But I, th- that was also a little different because I don't think there's a single Met fan in the world that was like, "Oh, the Marlins want to give Jose Reyes six years? Uh, we're good."
1: Uh, thanks. Uh, thank you. Thanks. He'll be he'll be back. <laughs> we're, for we're free. <laughs> we're we're
2: all right. We're we're fine. You can give him six years. See yeah. how that goes for you.
1: Oh, he will. He was there a year, and you traded him. Wow. And now he's back on the Mets. Wow. Thanks so much. Uh, speaking of the Mets, here's where, here's where I'm going next, and I think this is uh, one of the last okay. two topics we'll cover. Pitchers and catchers report Sorry. soon. Noah Syndergaard has only been uh, been eating pitchers, bowls of pitchers. venison. What, they've already reported.
2: Yeah, they reported yesterday, bro. My Wake bad. Up. My
1: bad. My bad. I thought it was. I thought it was tomorrow. Uh, pitchers and catchers report soon, and Noah Syndergaard has only been eating bowls of venison because he's trying to throw harder this year. How much do you love that man?
2: The <sighs> words cannot describe. Uh, he put on. He put on 17 pounds of pure muscle, and everyone is just looking at him like, Jesus fucking Christ.
1: Yeah, but okay. He was already t- – <laughs> I'm going to take two sides of this. I know he's put on 17 pounds of muscle because I believe you because you follow and worship the guy. But is that the same yeah. thing as saying like Kevin Hayes lost 20 pounds this season?
2: I, Noah, I, Noah Syndergaard looks bigger. Okay. He looks He looks beefier. His his arms look bigger. His chest looks bigger. He doesn't look fatter. He just looks so. He's not Matt fucking... Harvey, is what you're saying. <laughs> he's, he's not fat Harvey. No, not, not fat Harvey. Okay. Uh, he he looks fucking bigger, and it's scary because, like, watching his first. He threw his first bullpen today, and just watching his bullpen, it just it looks as easy as it's ever looked for him. But now he's he's just bigger, and it's. It's. Te- I would be fucking terrified if I had to face him.
1: Is he the number one Mets pitcher?
2: Uh, he is the number one Mets pitcher. Okay. So where are we going with this?
1: Uh, that's it. I'm just asking. I just said. I just asked if, if he's the yeah, number said, one Mets pitcher. That's all.
2: I look. The perfect example is if the Mets are in a wild card game again. What guy do I want on the mound? Syndergaard. Syndergaard. Yeah. Every time. Uh, he's just. I mean, he, one, he rises to the occasion, and two, I just think he has the most unhittable stuff. He throws a 95-mile-an-hour slider, Ryan. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's fair. I'm, I'm excited to watch it. You know, I'm a, I'm a pseudo-Mets fan through you, so I'm excited to watch the Mets and, and start get having this go through this, on, on the podcast. This is going to be a good season. This spring
2: training, this spring training is going to be super interesting. So the Mets didn't add a single major league free agent outside of their organization. The only... They only signed three guys to major league contracts, and they were all guys that were on the Mets last year. Chester, Jerry Blevins, and Fernando Salas. But, and yet, the Mets have a three-horse race for the number five starter job. Uh, I personally think,
1: I think Gisellman's Robert Gisellman's, not, is,
2: Yeah. I think he's going to be the fifth starter because I think they, they really are serious about limiting Zach Wheeler's innings. And I think Zach Wheeler out of the bullpen for the first two months of the season just makes too much sense. Um,
1: Especially when Giselman came out but, there and showed you how good he can be down the stretch. So yeah,
2: I just—I think you're also you're also forgetting just how good Seth Lugo was last I'm year.
1: Like, I am not. I I picked him up in fantasy quite so, a few times.
2: So one super going to be super interesting that the Mets have a three horse race for the fifth starter job. too. Uh, it's amazing that the three horse race the Mets have for the fifth starter job would be the number three starters on just about every other team in the division. Yep. Uh, that's fantastic.
1: Uh, except for like, of, of the course, Nationals, right? The
2: Nationals. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Okay. But Gizelman or Lugo would probably be what? The number two on Atlanta behind Teheran. Mm-hmm. They'd probably be – you can make a case that they'd be the number well, one they, or two in, in would, Philly, depending on where be you the, want –
1: They would now be the number one in the Marlins, so
2: yeah, – that's fucked up, dude. Not yeah, cool. Um, but they would. Uh, I know, but like i
1: wasn't even I wasn't even trying to it be depends, fucked up, like, true. I,
2: do do you feel, would you feel more comfortable with gazezelman or Lugo or would you feel more comfortable with vince velasquez oh Gizel
1: or Lugo easy
2: easy right because velasquez as great as he was in the first half of last season, fell off a cliff, and there were injury questions
1: there is yeah i'm i'm so, well, I'm team Gizelman I like, think- all the way i'm I'm ready to root for that guy all year.
2: Yeah, he's, he's just fantastic. And then um, it's going to be just – fuck Jay Bruce, but it will be fascinating to see how the Mets handle Michael Conforto. Like, I'm I'm super curious.
1: You know, Jay Bruce is, like, getting some praise in the offseason. So I hope, you know, I hope that works out for you.
2: Well, they have to I, – I I hope I hope he has a tour in spring training, and I hope someone trades for him. <laughs> I'm at a point with Jay Bruce where um, – I don't need anything in return. Just just take him. I don't want him. Let Conforto play right field for the love of god.
1: I know you're a big All Conforto guy but like what if he just doesn't prove anything? Like what if nothing happens? I
2: I think I, I think Conforto is just better than Jay Bruce. Like, like flat, flat out. out. Okay. I think I think Conforto at his worst is equivalent to Jay Bruce.
1: I just checked the schedule. Like Jay
2: Bruce is not that good. Jay Bruce Okay, Bruce had thirty plus homers last year and wasn't even worth one win. He was he was a 0. .9 WAR. That is with pretty, thirty home runs.
1: You, you know how hard that is. That's really
2: hard to do. That is only two players in Major League Baseball last year hit thirty home runs and were less than a win on WAR. It was Bruce and Yasmani Tomas because Tomas is literally the worst defender in baseball.
1: He has seen, he hasn't really improved at all. He he hasn't. They were trying to hide him at third. That didn't work.
2: So you can't hide hide Like oh. the only way you can hide him is let him DH and breaking news, the National League doesn't have a DH. Yes, so it's really bro. hard to do.
1: Uh, I just but, checked the you know schedule for the Mets. It seems it's just that not good. No, I I hope well, I hope you get something for him. I hope he doesn't go to the Rays. I don't uh, even want,
2: I, I seriously I seriously don't even want anything for him. I just, just want him just to. Just
1: take him. You know, what? I just checked just, your Please
2: just, God please God leave.
1: I just checked the Rays' schedule. It doesn't seem I always hope the Rays play the Mets once, and they never do. They never do. Very strange.
2: Last time I think the last time the Mets played the Rays was uh, when weird. Dickey was at the height of his power. Yeah, it was. that. I remember the Mets. There was one. Of the I think there was a game Dickey pitched against the Rays where he gave up a hit to the leadoff hitter, who I think at the time was B.J. Upton, and then I'm fairly certain he didn't allow another hit the rest of the game. I think he yeah. might have walked. I one batter. I remember that game, but so, yeah, he gave up. He gave up a leadoff infield single. And that was the only hit he gave up. And I think he struck out like 13.
1: Yeah, good times. The Rays are really susceptible to getting perfect gamed and also to getting no hit. So, I,
2: But that was also – that was that was Dickey in his Cy Young year at the height of his powers. Yes. That was – I remember A-
1: – Atlanta Brave, the Rays Brave start R.A. Dickey.
2: Oh, I'm so oh, <laughs> The amount of Met Brave games I'm going to see at City Field this year just to see Bartolo and Dickey is going to be ridiculous. Um, but there was – that year when Dickey one hit – the. I was about to call him the double race. He came back to City Field in his next start and proceeded to one hit the next team he faced too. He threw back to back one hitters. It was incredible, and I think it was back to back one hitters and twenty five strikeouts over the two games. Dickey was amazing.
1: Yeah, he really in was
2: in two thousand and twelve. And then it's even more amazing that the Mets flipped Dickey for Noah Syndergaard.
1: Oh, and he wasn't Noah Syndergaard wasn't like, even the star of that trade. That's the best part. <laughs>
2: Darno was poor guy. He was a throw-in.
1: Uh, and, no, Syndergaard was a throw-in. And,
2: no, th- no, he was Syndergaard wasn't the throw-in. The throw-in was this guy Wilmer Becerra, who is just crushing in the minors and is only twenty-one still.
1: Okay, well that that trade really worked out for the Mets. Good
2: for them. Uh, uh, and what? poor, poor Blue Jays. I just, I imagine, know. imagine the Blue Jays with Cindergard.
1: They needed him last year and the last two years. They would have been quite good with him.
2: Uh, how exciting would how exciting would a Syndergaard, Sanchez, uh, Stroman rotation be?
1: Pretty young and exciting, yeah. But except now the Mets have eight starting pitchers, <laughs> so <laughs>
2: yeah, we're 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 doing we're doing quite all right. I think, think you'll right. I
1: think you'll be okay trading some of those guys for for assets uh, as the season goes on. So
2: oh, I see. I don't I don't think I don't think we're I don't think the Mets will ever trade a starter just because one. Harvey's gone in 2018. So, like, one of Gazelman and Lugo will be in the starting rotation within two years, and two, like, pitchers just get hurt. I I really think the Mets are in a perfect situation, not because they have seven guys that could be mid-rotation starters for any team, but they have seven guys to protect themselves from injury. Right. I I, I just it's impossible to avoid the injury bug and with Mets, starting pitchers.
1: Mets pitchers te- tend to get hurt. It just seems to be something they do. Can't seem to help it.
2: Well, Steven, Stephen Mats I think came out of the womb injured. So
1: <laughs> good old Long Island boy, Steven Matz. Ugh. uh, last topic of the day. I want I know you didn't watch, uh, you went to the, the NXT, the Albany arena. Uh, how was that before we talk wrestling? Cause we're going to talk so, wrestling now. Cause I have so to talk fun. about it.
2: And and, ex- and ex- it, it exceeded my expectations. Uh, I don't follow NXT religiously, so I only knew a handful of guys. But the NXT tour always goes to venues that skew smaller; like they don't go to arenas except for I think takeover shows. Okay. So they had this event at the Washington Avenue Armory, which at capacity probably sits twenty five hundred.
1: Yeah, so it's about like two thousand. I don't.
2: I don't think. It, I don't think it gets that high. But it's just—it's such a cool venue because it's so intimate that you know every seat is basically on top of the ring, and it's just so fun. It was—it was a really good time. I—if you like wrestling and you haven't been to an NXT show, I highly recommend going. Uh, the, the couple guys on the roster that won't be there very long, like Nakamura, was there. I'm expecting him to get the call up after WrestleMania, so it was cool to see Nakamura before he gets called up. Um, Bobby Roode, his entrance to the ring is just the greatest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It's fantastic. That that song, Glorious, it's it's, it's just amazing. It's glorious? (laughs) There's there's nothing better. (laughs) It's unbelievable. Um, So, yeah, there are a lot of cool guys that are on the show, Uh, and I know you want to talk Elimination Chamber. I didn't watch, but I know the result.
1: All right, so I know you know the result. I know why, and spoilers coming up if you didn't watch Elimination Chamber or you give a shit at all about wrestling. And if you do, you already know the result. So what am I talking about? So Bray Wyatt wins the Illumination Chamber. Very obvious that was going to happen. He had to. He, had to. Yeah. he also deserved it. I, I, I want to just say, I, I want to say this right now. I'm a super casual wrestling fan. So I will, I, I think I've said on the podcast, I will only watch really Rumble and WrestleMania, but I've kind of gotten into it recently. So I, I watch the pay-per-views where I'll have them on in the side. Like I'll have a stream on in the side and I'll be like, all right, I'm going to watch a little bit. The rest of the card was crap. It was total shit. Nothing was good. Nothing really drew my attention whatsoever. The Little Edition chamber is so much fun, and they really—it really gave a chance for Corbin, uh, one of the new up-and-comers, to really shine. He came out, even though he has like a weird hairline. He came out killing everyone, and uh, really, really showcased his his. I, they're obviously pushing him. It seems like they're pushing him now.
2: He was really, and I think, but I also think it's—I think it's a perfect feud. Like the angle they have him is going to be—he's going with Ambrose. Yeah, that's
1: yeah. It, it seemed really good, and I like Ambrose a lot. I know he had to carry the brand for a while, and they just don't feel comfortable with him main, main hand lighting because he just doesn't move business. But he does a pretty good job. And there was one suplex he had last night, which is like a half suplex. He kind of like drops the guy midway. It was so brutal. The whole crowd started chanting "Holy shit!" immediately afterwards, and uh, that was—you know—I I know it's fake, guys. Relax. So. But just some of the things they were putting on. Now, this is really what I want to touch on. AJ Styles is the best wrestler. It's not, it's not even yep. close. He's so much more nope. talented than everyone else. First of all, dude has like 10 finishing moves. Like, easy. I don't even know what they are. Yep. And they all look amazing. They all happen so quick. They all sound good when they hit the mat. It's like, when I watch him wrestle, I like, I like believe it. I'm like, man, like him and Cena, when they wrestled at Royal Rumble, I was like, that was an incredible wrestling match, just from a fan's perspective. Now he pinned Cena in this in this in this case, and I know they pushed him last year, but this dude is like the future of the WWE. I know he's been around for a while, and he ran. Uh, what was the other uh, was the other wrestling organization that recently he, got shut down?
2: Uh, it's not shut down. TNA is still a thing, but uh, okay. TNA, and then he was in New Japan as well, I believe.
1: Okay, he's the he's the best wrestler in WWE. It just is. He's the best showman. He does everything great. Oh, he, he, him and, him and Rollins are my two guys for sure. And now that Rollins is injured yet again, uh, I will be rooting for AJ Styles going forward. And it's nice to see Bray Wyatt get the win. He had to, so they could force this storyline against Orton, which by the way, the commentators afterwards, like Orton comes out to look at Wyatt and, uh, they're like, wait a second. Does this mean Orton has to face Wyatt at WrestleMania? And I'm like, what? <laughs> Come on! Like everyone knows how. Like how could you be like play so coy? It doesn't make any sense.
2: Yeah, I uh, AJ Styles brings out the best in everyone, which makes him easily be unquestioned. So well. I think. Well, I think I, I I do think Kevin Owens has an argument to be made for also being the best because Owens is very similar in that he brings out the best in everyone and. Owens, thanks to his body type, looks normal against everybody. Like, AJ Styles, he can look underwhelming next to someone like John Cena. Like, the body types just don't match. John but Cena is just Styles, like a,
1: a cyborg, though. A, a steroid cyborg. Right.
2: And, and AJ, AJ Styles is just so good in the ring. He's just such a hard worker that you, don't, you kind of ignore the fact that there's a 100-pound difference between him and John Cena. Um, but I, I really do think if anyone has an argument to make against AJ Styles for best wrestler, it's Kevin Owens. Uh, but Styles, since he's been at WWE, one, hasn't had a bad match. Two, has brought out the best in literally everyone he's gone up against. And three, has kind of proven the fact that he's so good he doesn't need the belt. Yeah, he you don't need the belt to watch AJ Styles. Like, it was, it was great that he had the belt because that's recognition from the WWE that, you know, he deserved it. And he, anytime Styles gets the belt, no one will argue it because it's obvious that he deserves it. Um, but it, it will be interesting. The angle for WrestleMania that seems to be of popular opinion is it's going to be Styles, Shane McMahon. Mm. And I'm not 100% sure...
1: How that happens.
2: How that will look. Yeah. I mean... That's tough. Shane, Shane will do... Well, Shane's going to do something outrageous. Of course. Like jumping off the top of a fucking (laughs) steel cage. Yeah. Uh, And AJ Styles is going to make Shane look great. It's just, I mean, if Shane's going to wrestle at WrestleMania, I would want him to wrestle AJ Styles because AJ AJ Styles will make that match great. He'll make
1: him look good. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Yep. I've stated just before, I'm a casual wrestling fan. I had no idea how old AJ Styles is. Do you know?
2: Yeah, he's like thirty-eight.
1: He's thirty-nine. Yeah, that's insane. He looks amazing for thirty-nine. Good for him.
2: He's he's been around forever. Yeah, it like, seems that way. Uh, there's, a, I mean, one of the Bobby Roode in NXT is also thirty-nine. That's insane.
1: Good for those guys. Just following their dreams. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna end the show now because it's been going a little long. But uh, next week, full disclosure. Well, in the coming weeks, we'll do the trade deadline. James is gonna come on the March sixth show. And we're going to do the full post-deadline. We'll probably do do deadline rumors next week. Uh, we're going to fully cover WrestleMania when that comes up. I definitely want to cover the whole slate and the before and after, so we'll do that on this on this, this show. Continue to follow us for Rangers news. We're definitely going to be talking Mets in spring training. And next week, we will be doing a full spoiler review of John Wick at the end of our podcast. So, John Wick 2. Uh, I saw it already. Greg is going to see it this week. I have so much to say and to talk about it that I would like to really break down John Wick for a little bit with you. So next week, we'll be talking John Wick 2 on the podcast, something to look forward to. Thanks, everyone, for listening. As always, I love you all, and I appreciate it. Adam Condenning, if you're listening, please come on the podcast. Contact me whenever you want. I love you, man. I need to talk to you. And, Greg, do you have anything else to say before we go?
2: Uh, No.
1: Hey, follow us on Twitter, for real. Blue shirts break. That's all I'm going to say. That's only, I, I know I, I say a bunch of other stuff. Just, just follow us on Twitter this week. Just for us. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Or lady, whichever one you are. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Greg does a great job running that. Cause I do terrible at it, but I'm trying to get better. I will talk to you guys next Good week. Good work. Good progress. I love you all. Goodbye. Good night. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently
0: to the untrained ear. Everything on his shop floor might sound fine